Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Corbett Report on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I am your guest host, Holland Vandenonoff. James Corbett is taking a very short sabbatical, and he asked me to guest host uh, tonight's show, and I'll actually be doing the next couple of weeks on Wednesday night uh, for the rest of the month, and it's my pleasure uh, and indeed my honor to be on uh, the Corbett Report because uh, it is one of the most listened to and most informative shows uh, in the info battle space. And I believe that's what we're actually currently engaged in is an info battle space. We must use the terminology being applied to us. My guest host tonight is Kay Beach. She is a um, guest. She is a co-host on Axing for Liberty on the Logos Radio Network, uh, a friend of mine and a Uber activist here in the state of Oklahoma. And lately she has been working uh, wholeheartedly uh, on behalf of the Ron Paul campaign. And she is here tonight to discuss the recent shenanigans that took place at the Oklahoma GOP convention here in Oklahoma. And I don't want to be too local tonight, but the reason I'm bringing this up and we're discussing this is that uh, the developments at the Oklahoma GOP convention have actually garnered a lot of interest. People really want to know what happened because uh, the establishment GOP really shut down the Ron Paul supporters. And also, so I believe, Kay Beach, you're actually going to be a delegate at the convention. Is that correct? Yes, I was elected as a delegate at the district level, so I will be going to Tampa, and I can't wait to see what Tampa holds for us. I can tell you that. Exactly. So uh, we're I'm especially glad to have Kay on to talk about what happened at the convention, because whatever happened there is probably just a preview, a, a just a little taste of the um, obstruction that is going to happen uh, in Tampa when uh, the actual nationwide convention meets, and they have to decide who is going to be the next GOP presidential contender. So, uh, Kay, let's uh, actually, let first of all, before we get into the story, actually introduce yourself a little to the audience. Um, my name is Kay Beach, and like you said, I have a, a weekly show on Friday nights on the Logos Radio Network, Axiom for Liberty, named after my blog, I have been a full-time activist since 2007 when I came in with the Ron Paul movement, and I followed the process from the precinct to the RNC in 2008. I wasn't a delegate, but I was there, and it was a mind-blowing experience, an eye-opening experience, uh, and probably just made my resolve that much stronger that we were really in trouble and, and, and got to work. I do uh, lobbying um, for good legislation and at the Capitol, trying to oppose the bad. Uh, I was, as I was telling you earlier, in my simple mind, poking my head in in 2008, there were a few things that were obviously wrong. You have um, bad policy being made into laws, taking our rights away. You have corrupt politicians, sometimes stupid politicians, and those people obviously have to be replaced. So I had worked within the Republican Party, and on my own, I do a lot of research. That's the probably the thing I like to do most, is I'm a, I'm a researcher. Um, my personal big issue is government surveillance, and especially the biometrics issue. As you know, I have a lawsuit against the state of Oklahoma for the collection, the unwanted collection of biometrics on our driver's license, and that I, that is a lawsuit I think that we're going to prevail in. Um, so I do a lot of research and do a lot of legislative research, and like I said, trying to stop those bad laws and get good ones in place and trying to get the bad guys out of office and the good guys in. So I'm very thankful that the Ron Paul movement got a part two. Um, I look at the, the number of people involved this time is far and beyond what it was in 2008. 
I'm glad that freedom is popular, and I look at all of those people, and I think we can turn this thing around. If you guys stay involved, we can turn this thing around. I'm, I frankly see activists when I look out at all the Ron Paul people clamoring for liberty and, and fighting it out at these conventions. It's been We've had some great wins this year. I think three out of the five districts in Oklahoma we swept. Um, I'm in the fourth district, the, the Ron Paul uh, group. Okay, oh, we're going to actually have to uh, cut a break right now, Kay. Okay. We'll be right back. You're listening to Cobra Reports. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. All right, you're listening to the Corbett Reports. I am not James Corbett. I am Holland Vandenoenhoff. I am a co-host on freemindreport.com on the Logos Radio Network. My guest host with me today is Kay Beach, also a a host on the uh, Logos Radio Network on Axiom for Liberty. And James Corbett has asked me to be on as his guest host for his short sabbatical this month, and it's indeed my honor. Now we have Kay on to talk about the recent shenanigans at the uh, Oklahoma GOP convention where they really tried to shut the Ron Paul supporters out. And if you have any questions or comments or you want to bring something up for discussion, please call in at 1-800-313-9443. I repeat, 800-313-9443. Now let's get, uh, let's get down to what happened uh, this past Saturday in Norman, Oklahoma, at the Oklahoma Republican Convention to select the Oklahoma choice for the Republican contender for the 2012 election. At the state convention, our job was to uh, vote for a slate. You know, we have the process where at the district level, three delegates, three alternates are chosen. Now, at the state convention, there's 25 out of our 43, Oklahoma has a total of 43. There are 25. 43 what? 25 delegates. We have 43 delegates okay. total okay. to to the RNC that will, have, you know, cast their vote for the nominee. <clears throat> At the state convention, there was actually a total of 25 delegates and 25 alternates. That's a whole lot of them that that were up, and the Ron Paul group. Uh, put its own slate together. Only a few of our people got chosen. Really, when it comes down to it, one diehard Ron Paul supporter was chosen for the state slate, which the state committee, state executive committee chooses. Uh, and he was chosen as an alternate. So we didn't have a whole lot of people, but we have won nine out of the 15 delegates so far on the district level, which is awesome. <clears throat> so, you know, somebody described, uh, this convention as being the Empire Strikes Back. Because let me tell you, there were some long faces at those district conventions when they didn't have the numbers. We got together, we organized. Well, they could, they couldn't. They they had no idea what was coming, and they weren't organized on that level because they expected, like every other year for the past hundred years in the history of the GOP, that it's basically just a a automatic process. Even that, when they knew it was coming, yeah, they really couldn't do much to push back because here's here's what it takes. It's it's turning out the numbers, of course. And we managed to have around 50% give or take in all of these districts and all these counties. And, but what we did was we, we figured out a way to pull our votes. You may be voting for as many as 15 delegates as all as, uh, you know, candidates at one time. You got this whole body voting on a selection. In my case, it was 15 different people. And so you got people voting all over the board. Mm-hmm. So we figured out a way to choose who we wanted to vote for and pull our votes and, and make our numbers count. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, that's not a genius trick or anything. The thing is, they couldn't have done the same thing because they are so factionalized that they couldn't get everybody to come together and, and do that. Mm-hmm. And so we swept them in the floor. Well, at the time of the local um, GOP conventions, there were still contentions in Santorum versus Romney. Right. Right, and that's part of it too. Like at, at the fourth, at the fourth district, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. Was Santorum had dropped out by then? So you have a lot of dispirited Republicans because in Oklahoma, a lot of Republicans went for Santorum, and their guys out. And so the turnout, they were having a real problem with turnout. Now at the state convention, they pulled out all the stops to turn everybody out. There's no doubt about that. They really beat the bushes to turn people out. So what ended up happening at the state convention? was you had Romney versus Ron Paul for the most part. There mm-hmm. were some Santorum people there, but that was the two factions that were battling. And there was a lot that went wrong. <clears throat> the first thing was <clears throat> you get all the politicians up there to give their speeches, and Mary Fallon spoke. Mary Fallon is the governor of Oklahoma. She is the governor of Oklahoma. and um, She's a rhino, by the way, <laughs> Republican in name only. Yes. She she got up there, and she did something I think was really foolish and pretty shocking. You know, <clears throat> I was on my iPhone and on Facebook and saw one of the Ron Paul people said, if she if she supports Mitt Romney, which she had already endorsed him, if she supports Mitt Romney, should we boo her? And I said, no, you know, don't don't boo her if, if she says who she supports. Well, she she went beyond that. And she, well, basically, she actually accused the Ron Paul people of wanting to reelect Obama. Well, she what she did was she said... Uh, um, that Mitt Romney was the nominee. So you throw that out to the body, and it wasn't just Ron Paul people. You're basically asking us either by our silence or our applause to agree with something that was not true. Mm-hmm. He's not the nominee. She didn't say presumptive nominee. She just said nominee. Well, you can imagine how that went. So Mary Fallon got booed. Uh, and then when she got booed, she says, well, it sounds like we have a lot of Obama supporters out there, and that one ever really wonderful as well. well I so, think that's when the... Uh I think that's when the actual booze started, is when she actually uh, inadvertently or implied that those who support Ron Paul are trying to get Obama back in office. If you didn't support Mitt Romney as the nominee in the way she cast it, then by her logic, you must be an Obama supporter. And well, I mean, and here's, here's a sad fact about that is I just saw a recent CNN poll, and the only person who's in the race who can beat Obama is Ron Paul. Mitt Romney is not going to win this election, I'm sorry. He's not going to, it's not going to happen. He, he is a staid Republican. He does not enjoy popular support from the party at all. He is the, the governor of Massachusetts. And that's what I got to ask the people here in Oklahoma. You call yourselves a conservative. I myself am a libertarian. But, but then again, I, I share a lot of, of uh, worldview with conservatives and that's where I came from. So if you call yourself a, a real conservative, how can you support a, a governor of Massachusetts who put the Nash, the first state run health insurance program into effect by force of law. And, and you know, not that I care about the religious debate, but he's a Mormon. And you say that you vote with your faith here in Oklahoma, at least, or in the Bible Belt. That's right. And uh, according to your own theology, the Mormons are basically going the Christians to hell. Christians say yeah. that they're a cult. Exactly. And so, I mean, I, I don't even see the, the logical congruency in their support for Romney besides basic party loyalty, which is not a high That's ideal. That's the people it's that not they an got ideal. to turn out. That's the people that they got to turn out. And really, I don't think that was even enough. It wasn't that they were so rabidly supportive of Romney that they turned out, but they really did a lot of work to stoke the fires of the libertarians are coming to take over the party. 
But like I said, it was the Empire Strikes There, there is a fear. I've seen it. I've talked to a lot of these really uh, died-in-the-war Republicans, and, and there was a real fear of libertarians. And, and, and really, they are truly convinced that the only reason we're getting involved is so we can smoke pot. I, I think that I know, they, they, I they will say that. They, they were totally convinced that the only reason that we are getting involved in the Republican Party and in the Ronald Paul campaign is so we can smoke pot and have sex with prostitutes. Um, and that is not the case, because we can do both. We don't need Ron Paul for that. Not that I, I advocate know, really that. Sad. Well, the funny thing is the people that have been involved since 208, a lot of us have stayed involved in the Republican Party, and we've become, a, a lot of us have become a valuable fixture. And it's really hard to hate who you don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the people that you know, rather, the people that you've worked with. And honestly, the one thing I think could be gained this cycle is that you've got a lot of disgruntled Santorum supporters mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. You've got the Ron Paul. Pretty much anybody that didn't support Mitt Romney is against him. And the Republican Party keeps giving these people the same crappy candidates over and over. McCain. Well, that's the thing that really strikes me is that there is no way that the Republican Party cannot find a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant with good credentials to run against Obama. Right. I mean, seriously. I mean, San- Santorum was not a strong candidate. He was voted out of office. He's voted the most he corrupt senator. He was not Romney. He was, he was not a strong candidate. There, there, is, there is one other Republican contender in this nation who can run, who can beat Obama. And that's why I, I kind of see, I, I see the, the Republican Party just kind of playing ball with the, with the system. It's like you're not even trying. You're, you're literally um, insulting your base, yep. which is the evangelical right. That's right. You're literally insulting them by running a Mormon. That's right. That's right. Not that I care about Mormons or Christians. Right. I'm just saying on a utilitarian level, yeah. it simply doesn't make sense. Well, that was what was so shocking about Mary Fallon's statements, because it, 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 there was more booze there than, than Ron Paul people. That She was asking us to accept something that wasn't true and mm-hmm. then insulted us. And so that got the whole thing started off on the wrong foot, as you can imagine. Well, is it true that Romney actually flew to Oklahoma the day before? The, the couple of days before, they raised $2 million for him here in Oklahoma, and uh, we definitely saw the presence of his campaign there. Which wasn't wasn't happy either. So the campaign got started off. And there's really, as at the, the the convention rather, three big issues with the convention, and it was the credentialing process, the voting process, and the adjournment. Which sounds like it pretty much covers everything. But there there were some things that went terribly awry, and uh, even the establishment folks will agree with that. Starting with credentials. Credentials is that list of people you have that you know are supposed to be there. They get their little delegate badge, so you know they're supposed to vote, and you have ballots for all of them. Well, we got the credentials report and went to the first ballot vote, which was for the, it was actually a rules vote on uh, changing the rules so that we could vote two competing slates head to head. Okay? So you know how that vote got split. Ron Paul against everybody else. But there were about 83 people, uh, 83 more votes than was noted by the credentials report. So obviously the credentials report was erroneous. They admitted it was. Well, we'll get back to that on the other side of this break. If you have any questions or comments, please call 1-800-313-9443. You're listening to the Corbett Report. We'll be right back in a couple minutes.
You're listening to the Corbett Report on the Republic of Broadcasting Network. I am not James Corbett. I am Holland Vandenunoff, guest host tonight. I'll be guest hosting the next couple of Wednesday nights, and I uh, promise to have a slate of very informative uh, guests to talk about things that really matter. And one of the most exciting things going on in this country right now is the Ron Paul Revolution. I myself am a libertarian in philosophy, if not a member of the official party. And, uh, but I do support Ron Paul, if only because he is spreading the message of liberty. And the fact is that even though I decry two-party politics, and I find it uh, the very root of the problem in many ways, the fact that Ron Paul is being demonized by his own party, trying to hold his own party uh, accountable to their own platform, which is the Republican Party platform is not that bad. It's actually pretty good. And especially in comparison to the Democratic Party platform, which is why, and the only reason I'm still a registered Republican is because of Ron Paul, because he is spreading the message of liberty in this country. He is a threat to the establishment, and the media is doing everything they can to uh, decry and to demean uh, this movement that is building behind this man. And it's not only behind the man, it's behind the philosophy and the message. Really, it's, it's actually not about the man. And it's, it's a really interesting uh, spectacle to see that the grassroots is actually driving this thing. The, the, the campaign is kind of playing catch-up and trying to play whatever, but the grassroots is really pushing everything forward. That is the one thing that has stood out to me in the last few days, and it is this, because we've had all these mixed signals coming out of the campaign, from Benton, from Weed, from Ron Paul, you know, it gets twisted into he's dropping out and all of these things. And the thing that has stood out to me clearly for the first time is that this is not a campaign. The people that I'm working with in Oklahoma, they're not on the campaign trail. It is a movement. The Ron Paul campaign is on the leading edge tool. of a revolution. It, it's, the, it's, the, it's the big tool right now, but it's not the only thing. But they have no control over it. Mm-hmm. No one does. And these people are, are largely young. They are liberty-loving, and they are angry. They are tired of it, and I totally understand that. But uh, if... if the Ron Paul campaign and and this revolution that's happening, they're not the same thing. Well, I mean, you know, honestly, that's kind of good because if, if well, when and if, I mean, I'm not going to, to be, um, I'm not going to try to, to to pee on anyone's parade, but if, if Ron Paul does not get the nomination, I'll just put it that way, it's important that we realize that the fight's not over. And, and okay? I think- Do not become demoralized and drop out. And that is why the strength of this movement is so important. It, Ron Paul's part of it, and we are supporting yes. him because he is part of this movement. But once or if Ron Paul does not make the nomination, this fight is not over. It's and, not, and, and I'm convinced for the first time, you know, like I said, I came in on this on 208. A lot of people dropped off. A lot of people did stay engaged. And every single person that was part of the Ron Paul movement or campaign in 208 spreads a message of liberty wherever they go. They are the true believers, and thank God for them. But this time, the momentum is enormous. The momentum is enormous. There is nothing that can stop these people if they stay focused. And like I was telling you earlier, I'm probably not the most creative person. We've got to get the bad guys out, the good guys in, and we have to make some changes. And, and that's what they're focused on, and it's going to be something else by this time next year, either way. Yeah, and, and the fact is that the fight isn't over because... Uh, honestly, uh, the best way to, to really secure our liberties and rights in, in America right now is on the local level. So, yeah, give everything you can to the Ron Paul Cameron, do everything you can, but once that's over, turn around and apply that effort on the local level. City council, state that's legislature, right. because they can, because we can see how they can 
control the paradigm on the national level. The fact is, if Ron Paul gets elected, he's still got to combat two houses of Congress, the Supreme Court, who are 100% dead set against about 99% of what he advocates. So we, we have to still combat this on the local level, and that's what you do, Kay. But let's get back into the GOP convention and what actually happened. Well, so we had the problems with the credentials. Essentially, we never did have a proper credentials report. It wasn't properly amended. At the end of the day, 200 people were added by the end of the day to the credentials report without it ever being amended or voted on, accepted. And, you know, when you're doing a convention, there are a firm set of rules, in fact, usually several, about how business is done. And Needless to say, having all of your delegates credentialed, knowing how many people are there, is critical. And that was not done. Well, before. I mean, the Ron Paul campaign, I mean, the strategy the grassroots was following was to, to take the rules. They learned their lessons from 2008. And to take the rules and use them to advantage and follow the rules to get their candidate as the contender. And what we see is the, is the party establishment seeing this happening and breaking their own rules. Right, right. And, and that's, you know... That's a lot of what we saw. And here, here's another one. So after you got credentials, credentials were never done properly. We didn't know what we had. Um, the voting issue. When you're voting on the slate, um, it is required by the rules. Both at, They have convention rules that they adopt. They have state rules, and we have RNC rules. And all of those rules require that the delegates and the delegates and the alternate delegates be elected by a roll call vote. And what that means is a ballot. That means that you have a you have a, a ballot showing who voted what, not standing up, not yelling out yays and nays. Yeah, this is a state a, convention. This is not yay and nay time. This is time to count things. When it comes to the voting on the delegates, absolutely. Yes. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. It's not one man, one vote at a, at a, a state convention. The votes are weighted. And well, so... We'll have to get back to that on the other side. We'll wrap that up and get into the actual shenanigans that happened on the GOP convention. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Corporate Report on the Republican Broadcasting Network. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Welcome back to the Corbett Report. I am the guest host. Holland Vandenornoff, and uh, my guest tonight is Kay Beach talking about the shenanigans at the Oklahoma GOP convention this past Saturday, and apparently we have a caller, uh, Arthur from Georgia. So, Arthur, do you have a question or comment? What would you like to talk about? Oh, good evening, sir, madam. Interesting conversation. I'm really thoroughly enjoying this. Um, I, 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 I admit I'm guilty. I listen to more than just RBN because I believe you can get... <laughs> as much information from as many different resources as possible so that I get a wide variety of opinions and views. It helps me to make an intelligent, informed decision. Mm-hmm. But uh, one thing I've noticed is really disturbing the devil out of me, and I can't seem to get through to these people. I'm kind of hoping maybe you guys can give me some ideas. Um, and I'm having this problem with people here in my area as well. They just I can't seem to get them to 
understand what I'm trying to get through to them. People are going around, and I heard this on uh, uh, on uh, what is it, blacklisted news talk show today, and a couple mm-hmm. other talk shows where they're talking about Ron Paul's out of the race. Ron Paul's out of the race, and I keep trying to get him to understand. In his speech, he did not say he was out. He talked about the financial issues, and we all know he he doesn't have the kind of money that Romney's got because he doesn't get the corporate backing. He's also not a a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. Right, and what he's doing is he's letting everybody know, look, you know I truly am a conservative, and I am trying to use what money we have wisely. So here's what I'm going to do. Well, he's not going to go into debt like the other candidates. Go ahead, George. Right, but I need you guys to keep doing this. I need you guys to keep doing it because this is important. And I can't seem to get people to understand he's not out. How do you reach these people? How do you get them to understand he's not out? Don't well, I mean, that I mean that that is that has been disturbing me lately because I read that headline. I'm like, uh, did I miss a meeting? Yeah, Um, because it's called spin. And and, well, I mean, you've seen the, the entire mainstream coverage of Paul has been uh, negative to the lowest common denominator. Um, it's like journalism 101, how can we uh, avoid and smear a story, is basically what's been applied to the Ron Paul campaign, which tells you that they don't like him, which means I like him. And, Absolutely. Uh, so, Anyone they don't like has got to be a friend. Exactly, exactly. Ron Paul's not perfect. I'm not perfect. Nobody's and, perfect, but yeah. I mean, he's the best we've got. And this mm-hmm. is something else people got to understand. You know, hey, if we pull off a miracle and we get him in there and he's in the White House next year, think about this, folks. If we get him in there, that's not the time to say, okay, we won, that's it. No, when something comes up on the floor of Congress and he comes out and talks to the American people, we got to rally behind him because it's the only way to get Congress mm-hmm. to listen. But the Whatever. first yeah. got to win this fight first. Yeah, this is the, just the first battle, the opening battle of this new um, <clears throat> virtual war. I'm not going to refer to it as a war, but, you know, we can refer to it in those metaphorical terms. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, definitely a revolution. People <clears throat> are clamoring for liberty. They're tired of it. And like I said, in the last few days, I really have realized that this is, in, in everyone's minds, not about a campaign, not just about Ron Paul. Hopefully we'll have another liberty candidate you know, four years from now, if we don't get Ron Paul in, and we're going to be, instead of being 50%, we're going to be 70%, 80%. It's growing. You're right. I mean, it is growing. And four years from now, I mean, from 2008 to 2012, it's grown exponentially. 2016, when we can be guaranteed that things are going to be much, much worse in terms of the economy and the debt and the state of our individual rights and liberties, that this movement will be stronger. Um so there's no reason to give up, and, and, and the mainstream media has labeled, uh, they, have, they have tried to trumpet the fact that Raul Paul has dropped out. When he hasn't, he's actually concentrating his on his strength. always been about the delegates. Yes, not and... to waste money on things that are not going to produce benefits. Right. He's not throwing money around. He's a very frugal man. He returns a portion of his salary and his operating budget to the general treasury every year. He's the only congressman in history of the Republic, well, I haven't verified that, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true, um, to do that. And um, so he hasn't dropped out, and you see the mainstream media announcing this. Well, 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 you know, honestly, it doesn't matter, because the people who are getting their information, uh, their totality of information from the mainstream media, 
are you can't reach out to them anyway. You can't reach them anyways. That's right. The people that need to know know, and that's all that matters. He's always had a delegate strategy. That's always been his strategy. He's not worried about the primaries. And the delegate strategy, we've already had all our precinct and, and county conventions, so everybody that can do it is already doing it. So there's no, it's a, it's a, you know, if you're low on cash, the right thing to do. Yeah, Nothing so. has changed. Anything yeah, else, I, Arthur? Go ahead. And I, and I think he's got the right idea because, I mean, if we really think about this, he's won the primaries, so there's really no need for him to really worry too much about it. Now's the time to focus about focus on August mm-hmm. because that's when it's really going to be important. Hey, guys, thanks. I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. Well, thank you, Arthur. That was a really great call. And for anyone anyone else who wants to call in add your commentary, please, the number is 1-800-313-9443. I repeat, 1-800-313-9443. And uh, we're talking to Kay Beach about the Oklahoma GOP convention. And this is just kind of a microcosm of the macrocosm that's going to happen in Tampa. Right. You know, one thing that was really interesting about this convention is, and I, we're not the only one that's done this, but this is rather new. We live-streamed the whole convention. Mm-hmm. At, at one point, we had 1,600 people logged in, talking and watching what was going on. There and, were people sending pizzas from the Netherlands, right? Well, there were, they basically, uh, we, you know, we haven't got to the part where we adjourned to the okay. parking lot. We won't uh, get to that yet. Go uh, ahead, Kate. Yeah, so we got there. So I just, let me just go through some of the things that really stand out that were glaring. And we talked about the credentials not being done right. The violation of the rules regarding the election of del- delegates and alternates. It's clearly in the rules for good reason, like I mentioned before we went to break. The votes are weighted. So a standing vote or a vo- voice vote <coughs> doesn't cut in on something as important as voting for delegates, and it is in the rules. They did not do that. Uh, you know, voice voice vote is fine when there's 30 people in the room, but when it's an Oklahoma State Convention, there needs to be, someone needs to be counted. And when those, when those votes are weighted, you may actually have a person whose vote is worth two. You may have somebody else whose vote is worth a quarter of a vote or a half a vote. So <coughs> the, the, clearly that rule was broken. Clear violation of the rules Clearly-ish. by the establishment in violation of their own rules because <coughs> they want their man in charge. Then the issue with the adjournment. Um and I, I can tell you that during... So, so they actually adjourned the convention when it, when their own hypocrisy was being rubbed in their own face. They actually shut it down. I think they predetermined that it would close at 5. Mm-hmm. And I think that the chairman, uh, judging from what I saw with him, uh, his his judgment and his execution deteriorated throughout the day. I think he really did intend to start out to be fair. He was under time constraints. Mm-hmm. And the credentialing problems slowed everything down ridiculously. We missed lunch. Um, and so what happened is when you have an adjournment, I think it's supposed to be a two-thirds vote. He called for a voice on somebody gave a motion from the floor to adjourn. We still had business going on. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of business that we didn't get to. We still had live motions on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a motion made to adjourn, and <clears throat> the ne- the no's clearly had it. But what was interesting was right before... So the, the no's clearly had the no's against the adjournment. Well, as clearly as they could have. I mean, by voice, it was... Undoubtable. So I'm sure that a lot of the Romney people had already tore out, like, let us out of here. Mm-hmm. But they were pulling the, the staff at the hotel was pulling panels and partitioning off the room before we'd even adjourned. They, yeah, they actually were, they're closing the walls. We in. had a third of our delegates out of sight of the chair. So he called for Physically a voice. Physically closed he called in for the a walls. Standing, and he can't even see a third of the people in there. Almost no one that I've talked to, as a matter of fact, establishment or otherwise, they all agree that was not adjourned properly, which is why the convention was reconvened in the parking lot. 
Uh, Brady Wright's longtime Ron Paul supporter was at the mic, uh, at, at the time when the lights went out too. And I have to they, say, they I, turned off the lights. I actually think that was an accident because it happened. Oh, come on. No, it happened all day. Okay. And, and it was, they were situated in such a way people leaned up against them. Now somebody may have done it maliciously, but the staff I don't think did it. The staff did tell us, however, that the GOP told them that they were to put up those walls at 5 o'clock no matter what, mm -hmm. and there was not another event in there for at least a couple of hours. Yeah. So uh, the Brady Riot was at the uh, mic and called out to everyone that we are going to continue the convention in the parking lot, mm -hmm. and, he, and he got that message out. And we ended up with a little under 400 delegates in the parking lot. Uh, Jake Peters was elected as our chair and we went through the entire process we credentialed we recredentialed every single soul there uh entered in the computer we did it meticulously mm -hmm. we went through and reboted on all the issues of course we elected our our slate of delegates mm -hmm. and uh everything was done by the book by the rules by the rules by the absolutely book in hand by the rules uh, I, there, I don't think there can be any disagreement that the adjournment wasn't done properly. And, you know, you can go look at all this since it was live streamed. There's video clips. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we have to talk about the altercations. I want to yeah, make clear it's, it's, that Ron Paul people didn't, to my knowledge, hit, spit, or otherwise no, abuse. They don't do that. Uh, Ron Paul people do not believe in initiation of force. That's one of our principles. Well, I'll tell you what. If that old man had to hit me, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But there were some really grumpy old people there. And... One the geri other guy. geriatric mafia has decided to use their muscle against the Ron yeah, Paul people. There were actually mean. two physical assaults, minor. They were minor, yeah, but nobody still. Bled. But you def they definitely crossed a line. But if there was any physical violence going on, it, it wasn't us. Another girl Apparently, had two Ron, Ron Paul face. supporters were struck uh, by older. By mean old people. Mean old people. Yeah, whether it was a. And old. they did not uh, strike back. No, they did not. And, and uh, apparently someone got the trash thrown at them? Yeah, some one of the girls was helping pick up trash, and a lady threw trash in her face and told her she just pick out the trash, trash. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that's sweet. There's yeah, that's, precious, that's precious. very... Um, oh, and in the parking lot, <laughs> there was a car trying to get through in a crowd of us, and uh, the driver made like they were going to run somebody over. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Politics is supposed to be um, a civilization of human behavior, so we do not have to resort to curling our fist and launching it at people's faces. That is the purpose of politics, so we just don't uh, score off and start swinging at each other. So when you start doing that in political conventions, you're conceding the fact that you have lost the argument. Yes, I, I would agree. And that politics doesn't work, and you're admitting that all you're advocating is brute force to support your own personal beliefs. It was, it was ugly. It wasn't as bad as the media made it out. Like I said, there was nobody bled. The younger guy that got hit in the back of the head, you know, he didn't hit him back. Or he downplayed it, too. I mean, I mean the, this the old guy was going around cussing everybody out during... He went to random politicians and cut... He was just mad at everybody, mm. and especially, you know, Ron Paul guy. So, you know, that wasn't that big of a deal, but we did pick it right back up in the in the parking lot. We had almost 400 delegates uh, duly credentialed and live-streamed the whole thing. So this is where we got to where we had about 1,600 people, and I had friends watching... Uh, that are very fair and biased, not necessarily Ron Paul supporters, but said this was a sham. Well, yeah, you saw uh, just, you know, basically uh, good, I mean, I mean, decent Republicans who are not necessarily Ron Paul supporters. I know, I know plenty of those people here in Oklahoma, and, and they were commenting that uh, this, this is not a proper political right. convention. 
most people, everybody that I've seen that has some thread of honesty in them has said, no, nah, things weren't done right. Now, the question is, I, I suppose what has to be done is that we have to take all of this material before the RNC is what will have to be done. What they will yeah, That is the next question. Okay, what happens in Tampa with this? I, there, there's a possibility that this may go before the state committee. I'm not sure, but ultimately it would go before the RNC as I understand it. And uh, the claim would be laid out and they would make a decision on it. So where it goes from there, I don't know. Um, I think it is definitely worth pursuing. And well, I mean, it has to be pursued because, I mean, that's the only option we have. Then we've um, got to follow the rules. We have to follow the rules. They have well, to follow yeah, the rules. We, I mean, we have to follow the rules. And the fact is, you know, someone would say, well, it's just futile. Well, we have to demonstrate that we have exercised every civically approved virtue for reform absolutely. in this country. Before we resort to mass civil disobedience. And the rules protect everyone. Some mm -hmm. of the Republicans that were kind of given <clears throat> the shifty rules a pass, because they're like, well, we've always done it that way. I'm like, you know what? You're looking at a situation next year where you may be outnumbered by the Ron Paul factions. You may be looking at a situation where they're your next county chair or your next state chair. That's where, you that's, agree that's where we that need we to look at. we should follow the rules? This is a good time to agree that we should follow the rules. Yeah, because uh, honestly, in four years, um, when the next presidential election happens, if and when it happens, I still say that's a possibility, um, you know, the economy is certainly not going to be any better. The debt's certainly not going to be any better. Uh, the state of foreign affairs is certainly not going to be any better. And the raw and the freedom movement is certainly going to be stronger. And uh, they have more traction right now. I have right no now. doubt now that they're not going back to sleep. There's too many of them. The momentum is too strong. I, I mean, I... And, and now it's starting to... And, and, and it's not just a philosophy anymore. People, it's affecting their lives. The state of this country no, is this affecting is an people's lives. This is for yes. me. It always has been. That's I'm why like, we're not going to give up. I don't, it's not my hobby to do politics. I, I hate politics. I see the Sherman tank bearing down on my family, and I'm going to do everything I can to throw up a roadblock in front of it. It's that simple. And that is what's driving these people, and, it, and it's a lasting thing. Uh, we are going to be seeing a changing of the guard, there's no doubt. Well, I remember uh, Murray Rothbard, the, the great libertarian philosopher, before he died, he was asked to, to make a couple predictions, and the only one he would put money on was the death of the Republican Party because it fails to adhere to its own principles. And once someone tries to hold it accountable to its own principles, it's going to demonstrate its hypocrisy to the world, and it will fade into obsolescence. Now, obviously, something or some things, hopefully, will rise up to fill the vacuum. That's obviously going to happen. It's not like the Democrats are suddenly going to be without competition. But we must, we must continue this fight, at the very least, to demonstrate that we are following the rules, we are responsible citizens, and we're using uh, the law and the rules to reform this country for the better. It's an act of faith to do so. It yes. really is. It's an act of faith in our country, in our system, to get involved and to change it. I still have hope. I, I will tell you, you know, surveillance is a big thing for me, and it's so bad. It's getting so bad that sometimes I fear that, <clears throat> the balance will be tipped so much that too many people will be intimidated or under control that we can't do it. But I, well, I, I mean, don't know. It's very easy to go that way, and, and actually it could go that way, but I honestly do I'm feeling think, more hopeful now. <clears throat> I am too. There are so many people who are awake out there, and, I, and I've been doing a fair number of radio interviews lately because of uh, the release of A Noble Lie, and I see the, the huge community of freedom and truth-seeking that's out there. It's huge. It's, it's momentous. It's, I mean, there's so many networks. And it's growing. It's not going away. Well, you know, the Internet has allowed all of us to become, just like the animals do, with a colony of ants or, 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 or bees or birds or anything. They, they get together and they become a super organism because they have that instant communication. That's something we've never had before. 
there's so much attention on the Oklahoma Convention because it was live streamed, because hundreds of people saw for themselves thousands, what was going well, over on. A thousand, yeah. Live as it was happening. For around the world, I mean, like I said before, there were people in foreign countries giving, uh, buying y'all pizza to, right. in the parking lot because they were supporting our efforts. People in foreign countries were supporting efforts here because they, they see America as going this way and they know that it cannot. Anyways, you're listening to the Corbett Report. I'm Holland Van Interop with Kay Beach. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. That's a softer intro. You're listening to the Corporal Report. This is the final segment. I am Holland Vandenornoff. I am a co-host on freemindreport.com. Uh, we're actually on uh, 19 FM and AM stations across the U.S. And uh, I am guest hosting for James Corbett, who is taking a short sabbatical this month. I'll actually be on uh, three more Wednesdays or two or three more Wednesdays this month. And I uh, promise to have a whole lot of interesting uh, guests to talk about what is going on with the state of freedom in this country right now and other issues. And my guest tonight is Kay Beach. She's been talking about the Ron Paul campaign, specifically here in Oklahoma and the shenanigans at the Oklahoma GOP convention, which gained a lot of international attention. There were 1,600 people watching live stream as that happened at its height. And actually, uh, people from foreign nations were buying the Ron Paul people pizzas in the parking lot after they decided to reconvene the convention after they were after the lights were shut off and the uh, embassy suite staff were ordered to uh, partition off a third of the convention separate them physically a great wall <laughs> and uh, so they reconvened the convention in the parking lot after a couple of physical altercations at the hands of And it of was so I'll tell you what it was the right thing to do even on this level I mean I don't know what the RNC is going to rule I don't know if it'll be respected we did everything by the book but to not have to go away mad. I've been yeah. to a lot of these conventions. I've cried on the way home from some of them. And even though we were exhausted to be out there amongst 400. That was a tremendous victory, Kay. Awesome. Y'all, I mean, that was a victory for liberty. That, that is, it was we a historical We weren't just going to give up and go home mad. Yeah, exactly. Don't so, let them do that to you. That's what they wanted. That's it, what they wanted. And you awesome didn't, for you that. Didn't give them the satisfaction. We got to sit out there and talk to each other for five hours, get to know each other. We had all of this encouragement coming, like you said, from all over the world. You know, I really thought, look, when the pizzas came in, we were starving. It was literally the best pizza I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> the the pizza guys got like a hundred dollar tips. I mean, everybody's again happy. didn't didn't wasn't uh, amount of money was raised for the NBC there suites. Were, there, the people on the live stream raised four hundred dollars for the Ron Paul folks to give to the embassy suites. That kindly let us take up a significant portion of their parking, of their parking lot Without on prom night. On well, prom and night, I'll yeah. tell you what, the cops came by, they drove through, they took a look, they went on, and you know, in Missouri, they had helicopters. They were blaring the sirens to chase people off. They arrested people. So I'm really proud of Oklahoma on a lot of levels. And the the patriots in Oklahoma, the Ron Paul people, I, like I told you, when I went to New Hampshire in 2008 to campaign before the primary there for Ron Paul, it was a it was. It was a tribal experience for me. It was like every time I'm in a group of Ron Paul people, 
It's like the beyond any family reunion I've ever had. It's a yeah. real, you know, it's a real family reunion. You know, because so, you're linked by you're linked by philosophy. You're you're linked by love of liberty and individual rights and love of freedom, and you and you're dedicated to this cause. And it's good to meet people. Who are who, who are still who are dedicated yeah. for the right reasons? An enormous cause. variety of people in that group, and enormous amount of respect for each other and acceptance. Awesome. And, I, and when when the food came in, you just realize there are people watching, and uh, you're not alone. You're not alone. Everyone all over. Literally, the yeah, people from around the world were supporting your efforts, watching, donating money, food because they want this to happen. This is this is the fight we have in front of us, and we're fighting it, and it's going to happen. Despite whatever happens in Tampa, whatever happened at the Ron Paul, if and when or doesn't or does win the election or whatever, the fight for liberty continues. It will continue. I promise this. You've been listening to the Corver Report. I'm your guest host, uh, Holland Van Denunoff. It's my pleasure and honor to have Kay Beach on the show tonight. Thank you very much for listening tonight. Well, I'll be back next week, Wednesday night, on the Corver Report with another interesting guest. Thank you for listening. <laughs>